Hello and welcome. We are back. It's podcast day. It's Trucking Answers, the podcast, and welcome to everybody. We are here broadcasting live from very snowy headquarters in Lafayette, Indiana, where it has snowed nonstop for two days, and we are currently, finally, in the sunshine. Today we will have some trucking news, some automotive news, which includes an idiot, and a yet another reason we are not on Mars, which also contains an idiot. Do you know why we don't live there? Because of dumb, stupid people that have problems and that we have to support through our tax dollars. So that's why we're not living on Mars. We could get a lot of miles there, make all kinds of money, but yet we can't go because of dumb people. Stuck at 42 countries. So we're still at 54% iPhone downloads, which I find fascinating because iPhones are only about 38% of the phone market. So is it just truck drivers use more iPhones, are more likely to use an Apple product? I don't know. Don't know. Could dig into it. Not that interested. Just a little bit fascinating. Either way, more than half of the people listen on an iPhone. Is that you? Probably because more than half the people listen on an iPhone. So it's probably you. If not, welcome to the Android life. Otherwise, we are ready to go. Let's talk about Canada. Canada, boy, they've been having a lot of protests. People have been writing. Mark, what are we going to do? Why don't we do this here? Let's do this here. Well, there is supposedly going to be a convoy in the United States. That's right. People in the United States are thinking about doing a convoy. The People's Convoy is on Facebook. There's tons of these, though. The problem is there's many of them on Facebook, and they are all organizing convoys, all at different dates, all from different locations. All to go to Washington, D.C. Now, what will happen with this? Probably what usually happens in the United States is people fizzle out because I've been looking at some of these pages, some of which are public. And what people are saying, they have a date. They'll put a date out there and go, and then there'll be a ton of posts. Well, I can't have a load to do that day or I can't get off that day. Listen, <laughs> if this mattered to you freedom-wise, you just go and do it. All right, we, we didn't have the Revolutionary War based on our work schedules. All right, so you can't you can't do that, and that's the problem that they're having here, and that's what's happened in the United States since the demise of unions in trucking in the late seventies and early eighties. Then what happened? People made more money, and that was no problem. Now companies keep people with just enough money, so they have to keep coming back to work. You can't do anything. You can't better your situation at all i've talked to people and they say well i can't quit and go work somewhere else where i get more money because i can't take the three days off to go work somewhere else companies keep you down and people that are writing to me well mark i make eighty-five thousand. well that's great that seems like a lot people in the late 70s were making a hundred thousand driving a truck okay you should be making three hundred thousand today just with inflation without getting a raise since 1980 all right but that isn't happening and that's part of the problem. People perceive what they're making is good, but relatively, it isn't good. And companies continue to just hold people down like that. And the problem is they'll take people from what is a lower paying occupation to that. So they improve their situation marginally, slightly. And then they're like, well, you know, I'm making more than I was. That doesn't mean you're making what you should make. You're making... You know, just better. If you were getting 10, they get 11. 
uh, congratulations. Although most road drivers don't get to that, they're making you know less than that with inflate with the with overtime and stuff like that. So yeah, that's great. But uh, you know, the thing is, people want that freedom, but they just can't afford it because companies just aren't paying. And you say, well, Mark, companies aren't making any money. Well, what do we have this week? Four companies recently reported their numbers. We'll start with the lowest increase, which is Mr. Werner. These are year over year, and these are net income. So after all expenses, including pay, including recruiting, including everything. Werner net income is up 23%. Yes, that's low, though, compared to others like Old Dominion, who's up 47%. 47%. And then we move up to Schneider, <laughs> right? Schneider up 74%. 74%. And then we move to USA Truck, whose net income year over year is up a full 100%. 100%. Yes, but yet, did you get a 100% pay increase at USA Truck if you drive there? Did you get a 74% pay increase in the last one year at Schneider? I don't think so. I don't think so. So, yes, yes, these companies make money. Where does it go? Does it go into your pocket? I don't think so. Does it go in the CEO's pocket or to the company? Yeah. Yeah, their income grows a little bit faster than drivers. And that's because drivers are afraid to do anything here. Just afraid to do anything. Part of it is that they have, uh, you know, people here that are not necessarily into the driving for the long term. So they're like, well, two years to do this out of here. You know, there's many varied reasons for this. Some are, you know, companies are using places like Visa Solutions to get people who are afraid to protest against their government, against work or whatever else. <laughs> They're here, they're like, holy crap, if I say anything, you know, I'll be fired. And so that's who they use. And so we can't get anything done. This works great for Canada, apparently. Although it isn't working like it should. It isn't stopping the whole country. That is how. That is the real solution of getting what you want. These truck drivers aren't going anywhere, but GoFundMe is not releasing the money. The government wants all the money. It's a disaster up there of what's going to happen. Will they leave? Who knows? Will they be forced to leave? They shouldn't. Can't arrest everybody. That's the problem. The real way to do this is just not to come to work. All you have to do for a day is not come to work. But people, are, I've ha asked that and people write to me. Well, Mark, I can't do that. I'm going to lose a day's pay. Well, if you are going to lose a day's pay for not coming in for one day for this where everybody stays home, then you've already lost. You've already lost the cause. Because the company pays so little, you can't even take a day off. And that's what happened here also in the storm. I had many people write, well, Mark, I can't park for the day. i got to keep going. Well, why not? Why not? You're going to risk your life for a couple hundred bucks? I mean, no way is that worth it. That kind of stuff, never worth it. Speaking of uh, large corporations that don't pay much, J.B. Hunt uh, buys Zenith. And you could say you can make whatever you want, right? Until you make what a driver made in 1979 relative to the money, don't talk to me about it, okay? That's that's the thing of it. Mark, I make good money. No, not really. Not really. Haven't even kept up with inflation. None of us have. They buy Zenith. Talked about Zenith here. Zenith was known for 
delivering furniture to stores during the day and at night the drivers got motels each night which I thought would be quite annoying although I knew a driver there who said it isn't as bad as you would think because you get to park and it's not like you have to park at weird times furniture stores aren't open overnight so you're not making 2 a.m. deliveries you can be parked in a motel at a, re a reasonable hour get a shower every day whatever that all sounds great and that's what happens to these places they get bought up by larger places like I talked about on the other podcast and in the show eventually you're gonna work for one of these large companies anyway so you might as well pick it now and go work there so at least you got some time in so they're buying up Zenith and of course they say what companies always say oh we're not gonna change anything everything will stay the same Everybody will be wonderful. We're all going to hug everything. We're going to sing Kumbaya around campfires every day. Who knows what will happen? You know, will they change the trucks? Uh, certainly policies will change. You'll have to conform to JB Hunt. I don't know if you'll have to even apply there, how that will work. If anybody's still a Deaneth, let me know how that will go on. MarketTruckingAnswersNation.com Mid-America Truck Show is almost here. All right, a few weeks away, really. Last month... Uh, February here to get tickets for free. Generally in March, they start charging for the tickets, $10. So there'll be a link in the description, uh, the show notes, as they call it here, from Mid-America Truck Show to get your tickets. And all that does is keep track of tickets. They're not paying me or anything. I don't get paid for that. But they want to keep track of who's talking about the truck show, and where tickets are being ordered from. So if you want to get tickets and can use that link, uh, I'd appreciate it. Here's the thing. They sent that out so late. I mean, I've been talking about this show for two months now, and I know many people have already gotten their tickets. That's what I told them. I go, look, I've already gotten tons of people get their tickets. So they sent this link out super late. It's just a tracking thing to see where tickets are coming from. If you want to use that, go ahead. They don't pay anything for it. You know, no money comes out of you. No money goes to me. So we're just trying to help Mid-America get their tickets out. It's 50 years, 50 years of Mid-America. Hope to see uh, everybody at the Mid-America Truck Show. So this goober head on TikTok. All right. So you kids with your TikTok. Apparently he's made videos about this. And this was in the news. That's why I read about it. He bought a car from Carvana. And he's all mad at Carvana. Because the car had a bunch of recalls to be done to it. And they didn't let him know. He had to find out later. Here's the thing. All right. When you go buy a car from Carvana, which I never recommend because you cannot drive the car in advance of purchasing it. You buy the car, you go through the whole dealio, do all the paperwork, and suddenly uh, some somebody shows up at your front door with a car and they deliver your car to you. You've done all the paperwork and then you get to take a short test drive, which they've described as less than 15 minutes, and then you get a week to give them the car back if you don't like it for any reason at all. But you've already bought the car, right? It's annoying. Sometimes you give them your old car as a trade. It can be super annoying. So he's complaining that this car had a bunch of open recalls. And, and of course, what the article said in the comments, oh, sue them and do all this. All right, look, most states, it's not even illegal to sell a car that has recalls. So that isn't even a problem. It depends on the state. On Carvana... Because I went and looked, which is almost every car dealer, you can get the VIN of the car that's posted right there. All you have to do is take that VIN and go to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration recall site. Type that in. They have a box. Put the VIN in there. And it will tell you if the car has any recalls and if they've been fixed. Simple as that. Or, or if that's too much trouble for you, you can go take that VIN and call a dealer. 
for that car. So it didn't actually say what kind of car this was. So it doesn't matter. You can take, if it's a GM, you call any, call the Chevy dealer and say, here's the van. I got this car. Does it have any recalls? They'll look it up for you because recalls are done free at the dealers. That's the other thing about these recalls. Even though it had recalls, they're done for free always, no matter how old the car is. Any open recall is done free. It doesn't matter if you buy the car new. doesn't matter how old the car is. doesn't matter. They're always valid and they're done at no cost to you at the dealer. No problem. So even though it had a bunch of recalls, the uh, dealer will fix them free. And that he didn't wasn't told he could look it up. That's the problem with Carvana and all this. People don't do anything. That's the second largest purchase you make. Go at least take the car for a drive. Would you at least drive it around for five minutes to see if you like it and see if it starts? There are tons of these problems. And Carvana is like every other place. But you're getting a car sight unseen. It's just in pictures. You know, two days later, does it start? Where's the car? We don't have any idea about any of those things. Although all this stuff, like with the VIN and the recalls, can be done in advance if you would take two minutes to do anything. But here we go with somebody, young person, who can't even take responsibility for themselves and thinks it's everybody else's job to go do this kind of research. It's his job to go do that research about that car. It would have taken just moments to do. The VIN is available right there on the website. Uh, so you could have done all that, no problem. So whether they disclosed it to him or not doesn't matter to me. I think he's an idiot, and uh, you know he should be stuck. Plus, in the seven days, think about this. He had seven days. You can just call him and tell him, take your car back. They'll come and get it. So you'd had all those seven days also to figure this stuff out and tell him, you know what? Mm, I don't want a car with recalls that will cost me absolutely nothing to fix. So uh, that's too annoying to me where I'm not out of pocket anything, and I don't want it. And they'll come and get their car back. So either way, either way, I, I proclaim uh, stupidity. This is the last year for the Spark. Now, I've mentioned here that I think it's a great deal on a new car because you get a lot of options for what most people pay for a used car. So if you will go get a Spark 2LT manual transmission, you will get, uh, you know, heated seats, a remote start, all this other stuff in the car and and heated steering wheel and all this and your spark for 17 in the mid 17s on a brand new car with a warranty right in there and you kind of need the five speed you're still only getting the 1.4 non-turbo which is 100 horsepower so uh, not thrilling acceleration but for the money you get a lot of options satellite radio extended sound you know there's a lot of things on it relative to the price of the car most people pay a lot more than that just for a used car and yeah, it's not that big of a car. I'll give you that, right? But it turns out it's quite reliable and has good reliability ratings. And for the money, you're way better off with that than, you know, maybe a used car that has 40,000 miles on it that has a lot of problems. You're still covered under warranty. You have all that kind of stuff. This is the last year for it. So 2022 Spark will be headed out the door. Why, GM says, what, what is, uh, what are, what's her face, Mary uh, Bear or whatever her name is that heads GM? She says, oh, well, you know, we're going moving SUVs. So people would rather commute in a Suburban, I guess, than something that's decent on gas. The Spark should get in the 40s on the highway. 
and that's not too bad and you get the thrill of a manual which is still fun and you can't get those too often i looked around on auto trader there's only a couple of these of them in the whole country <laughs> that are set up like this because sparks are not selling good and especially with a manual people want the automatic in them which is a no-go on that low horsepower car go grab one send me a picture of it and we'll uh we'll head out on a road trip with it it is time to talk about a reason we do not live on mars do you know why we're not on mars because there's a bunch of dumb people not just dumb people who can't look up recalls in their car but other kinds of dumb people now this guy though he thought he was smart you know but you can decide let's let it let's let it go at that and you can decide so here's a dude and it's always a dude isn't it it's some dude now he's in a cinder block jail cell because he's already been arrested for another felony and he's sitting in his jail cell with mold coming down the walls because it's damp in there thinking boy you know what i need to get out of here but i'm about to be sentenced he's getting ready for a sentencing hearing you follow what i'm saying you dig what i'm laying down here all right so he hatches a plan because something that you can do in prison apparently is write to people you can write letters so he grabs a quill and a piece of paper and writes down a letter now this is a little bit older story but still always good there's always good to this and he writes to the president and says hey i need you to pardon me or i will torture and murder you yeah see because when you get a presidential pardon they can't do anything more to you you're free free as a bird right free as the wind so he sticks a stamp on there and sends it off in the mail now, i'm surprised he didn't read this at the jail i kind of thought they read your mail but uh turns out no and he did not even address it correctly he put 1400 pennsylvania avenue the White House is 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, for those that do not know. Also, I've written to presidents over the years for various things, send them letters, and you don't have to put any address on there. Do you know what I put on the letters? The White House, Washington, D.C. That's it. People know where it is. It turns out the post office knows where that is. That's the only one in the area. They don't just go to any random White House. They go to the White House. So you don't need an address. He didn't have the correct address. It still made it to the right address. But the thing is, the president doesn't directly read his mail, apparently. Somebody opens the mail and reads it. And apparently that person turned it over to the police. And, well, I don't know if you know this. Threatening the president, it turns out that's a felony. Yeah. So they went to his cell and arrested him again, which is like double arrested, like being in double jeopardy and charged him with threatening the life of the president and added two and a half years onto his sentence just for that. He did not receive his pardon. Ironically, the president could pardon him for threatening the president, but he didn't. Maybe still considering it. I don't know. It took place a little while ago. He's still stewing about it, I'm sure. So he's going to have to serve his original sentence and then two and a half more years for threatening the president through, I forgot how they put it, like through some kind of communication because he mailed it. So, yeah, it's a real problem. Advice, do not threaten the president in any way because that does not go well for you. They investigate all these kind of things. All right, so especially if you are already a felon in jail awaiting sentencing, not going to go good for you. 
I'm surprised it made it out that far, but there we go. And so this guy, we're already buying him cheese sandwiches, right? Because he's got to eat in prison, unfortunately. Although I think they should make people work or not feed him. That's my, my opinion of it, especially felons. Because if you refuse to work, then fine. We're not going to feed you. You stay in your cell. You only come out to work. So your work is kind of your pain for your food either way. Either way, now we got to feed him for two and a half more years. Medical care, all that stuff. Stuff people have to pay for out here. You know, the rest of us. We got to do that for this idiot in prison. So wonderful. So that's where we are today. All right. I want to thank everybody for listening. Get your tickets to the Mid-America Truck Show. Uh, we'll see everybody there. It's the end of March. And uh, we'll be back on the next podcast.